I, I'm a missionary with the Church of the Nazarene. We get to travel, we get to go speak. I get off the plane, and what I find is more family. Brothers and sisters in Christ, I have felt so loved this weekend. It has been good, good to be here. My wife, Brandy, uh, wishes she could be here. She's um, with her cousin who's a single mom. They're having, uh, they just had a baby this week. And so uh, my wife is there helping out. Uh, will you show us the picture of my family? I want to, uh, this is our herd. Uh, this is our crew. And they send their greetings. And this is Faith Promise Sunday. This is where we talk about how we pray, how we give, and how we go on mission. As missionaries, you have been praying for us. You may not have known us by name, but you have been praying for us. And I want to say thank you. Thank you for praying for us. Thank you for how you've loved us and how you've cared for us. It means the world to us. And so on behalf of my family and behalf of all the missionaries around the world, thank you. Thank you for how you've been praying. And to hear the testimonies and hear how you have been ministering in this community and around the world, oh my goodness. It is so good to hear how God is at work. If you forget everything else I say this week, I want you to remember this. God is at work in the world. Even in those places we might consider so dark or so, even God wouldn't go there. God is already there. And God is at work. And he's calling us to join him there. So uh, again, this is Faith Promise Sunday. Uh, and so remember, this is the day where we focus on how we pray, how we give, and how we go. Now, we are a part of the Global Church of the Nazarene. And as the Church of the Nazarene, uh, our, uh, our motto as the Church of the Nazarene is to make Christ like disciples in the nations. Will you show us that real quick? I think that's the next slide. Did I not make that the next slide? That is the next one. The mission of the church, like, the church of the Nazarene is to make Christ-like disciples in the nations. And you guys are doing it. You're doing it across the street and around the world. Now, this motto comes from the Great Commission. It's at the end of the uh, Gospel of Matthew, Matthew 28. Would you show that to us? Uh, the context of this is uh, Jesus has just been resurrected. And he's asked the disciples to meet him in, uh, in Galilee on a mountain. And Jesus says to them, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very ends of the age. And we pull, as a global church, we pull our motto, our purpose, from this passage. We are going into all the world and making Christ-like disciples, and we're doing this well. Uh, my background includes both children's ministries and IT. That's kind of a weird combo, I know. Uh, but I am your nerd missionary. Uh, I get to use my nerd skills for the kingdom. And uh, even before COVID shut down everything, we were using technology to make Christ-like disciples in the nations. Um, we have always, as a church, used technology to extend our reach around the world. Now, if you think back to Bible times, Paul would go into some place, meet face to face, lead people to Christ, and disciple them. Then he'd move on to the next town, and when he did, he still wanted to continue to disciple at a distance. And so he used the technology of the day to do that. He used letters. 
He would send letters so that he could continue to disciple and mentor and train leaders. Now, today that technology looks a little different. It's Zoom, it's email, it's all of these things, but it's still the same thing. We're extending the reach of leaders, of professors, of pastors, so that they can disciple and mentor and train all around the world and do it securely. Because we're recording, I'm not able to talk about some of the places where we are discipling and mentoring and training leaders, but know that we're at work there. God is at work there, and the church is growing even in places where we're not supposed to be. God is at work in the world. Uh, through the years, mission, disciple-making, has taking on, taken on a bunch of different methods. Uh, our methods are sometimes, uh, sometimes our methods look like um, uh, coffee shops. Sometimes our methods look, you know, they're, they're, we use lots of different methods, but the methods that we use are based on the gifts that people have. Now, uh, in Global IT, we have taken our motto passage as 1 Peter chapter 4. Uh, this is kind of what motivates us as we go, and I'd like to read that together. 1 Peter chapter 4, starting with verse 8, says, Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Whatever your gifts, whatever your hobbies, whatever your skills, I believe these are gifts from God that he wants to work through to reach the world. Now, here are some examples that I personally have seen God work through. I've seen God work through a sewing ministry. Sewing skills were used to make disciples in Kenya, Africa. I've seen hiking ministries. I've seen people come to Christ and be discipled out on hikes. I have seen uh, in the Philippines God work through a motorcycle ministry. Whatever your hobbies, whatever your job skills, whatever you're passionate about, these are gifts from God. And he wants to work in us and through us to reach the world. As I said, my my. One of my things that I'm good at is tech stuff. I am a nerd, and that's okay. Uh, these days, technology is core to all of our strategies. It's hard to imagine a ministry that doesn't somehow involve technology. I imagine here in the office, when the tech shuts down, it's like ministry stops. Then you got to call Nathan, and he comes and uses his nerd skills to bring it all back online and get everyone working again. Uh, blessed are the nerds. There you go. Um, but technology is not the goal. Technology is just what we use in order to make Christ-like disciples in the nations. Uh, we have servers that are in Kansas City that I get to manage. The email servers, video conference stuff, file servers, all the nerdy server stuff. I get to help administrate that, but not for the sake of the technology, but so that we can make Christ-like disciples in the nations. My wife and I had the privilege of taking a team to... Kenya, Africa, to Afri Africa Nazarene University there. Part of my job is to recruit teams of techs that want to use their skills on the mission field. And uh, in the Nazarene Church, we have 50-some educational institutions around the world. 
Uh, we have dozens of offices, and all of them need tech help. And so I'm always on the lookout for people who have tech skills that want to use them on the mission field. So send me your nerds. Uh, let's talk after the school, if you, after the service. If you uh, would like to uh, be a part of that or you would like to help fund some of those projects, I'd love to talk to you. But as I said, my wife and I got to work with a team in, at African Nazarene University in Kenya. Show us the picture, if you would. Kenya is in East Africa, uh, and that's where it is on the map. And this is a very beautiful part of the world. Uh, just between the airport and African Nazarene University, the bus had to stop uh, because there were a herd of zebra <laughs> running across the road. It was fantastic. Uh, while we were there, show us the next one, if you would. Uh, we got to visit an orphaned elephant park, and yes, they were adorable. Uh, it was cute. Very, very cute. Uh, we also got to go to a giraffe place and uh, see the giraffe that photobombed our picture. <laughs> it was awesome. While we were there, uh, Brandy did something. <laughs> I cannot believe she did this. Uh, there's an elevated platform where you can go, and you can be face-to-face -face with the giraffes. And they give you these little food pellets, and uh, you put them in your hand. The giraffe comes, and the giraffe's tongue is about this long, and it just licks it out of your hand. and leaves this goopy, slimy kind of mess. My wife, though, that was not good enough. Would you show us? Okay. <laughs> she did that six times. And one time, the tongue went like this, like, all, and, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, she then came to give me a hug and a kiss, and I was like, ha, huh? nah, nah, we're, we're, the, let's go to the, let's go find the, the, the sink. Uh, anyway, it was wonderful to be in Kenya, to see how God is at work, and how God's creation is at work there. Now, uh, in the middle of the country, go ahead and show us the next one, is African Nazarene University. And their motto is, what begins here transforms the world. This institution is discipling and training over 4,000 students every year and sending them out into Africa, uh, working for nonprofits, working in businesses, using their skills to expand the gospel. And so we were invited in to offer tech help to get the, so that they could continue to disciple and mentor and train students. Uh, this is the campus. Um, Nairobi is over here. They have this campus and they have uh, another building, downtown Nairobi, about eight miles away. That is also part of their campus. Uh, and so uh, they had some technical issues and we were glad to be a part of fixing that. Show us the next one if you would. Um, we... Uh, we in, while we were there, we installed security cameras, we helped with some tech stuff, we looked at their server systems, uh, we also brought uh, some people that wanted to paint the library, we brought some librarians that helped them catalog 30,000 books while they were there, all stuff needed to maintain, uh, to disciple and mentor and train leaders. One of the things that they needed, though, uh, they were paying $600 a month for a connection, an internet connection between their main campus and their town campus, and it was $600 just to route a two megabit connection. Sorry, I'm going to use a little nerdy language. Apologies. If you need to nap, I'm going to be nerdy for a minute. Uh, so they, uh, they were paying for that. It was a terrible expense, and it was slow. So they asked if we would investigate point-to-point -point systems. So we had some of our team climb up this uh, tower 100 feet into the air, and from there you could see the top of the town campus. And so we put up a dish 
and we put up a dish on the other side. We aimed them and got them pointed. Now, I love this. I, I also was up on this tower for a while, but this is my favorite group that was up on the tower. Merlin, 75 years old, our oldest team member, up on the top of the ladder because he wanted to be there. This is what he loves to do. And Gabrielle, uh, she was 19 at the time. And so our youngest team member up on the top of the tower hanging this dish. Today, because they use their dish hanging skills on top of a tower, African Nazarene University has a 30 meg internet connection between the two campuses that's free. Uh, they're saving $600 a month, but through this, they're able to do some of their video conference stuff between classes. Professors at one campus are able to teach at the other. They're able to do email, authentication, uh, active directory stuff, all over this link because people used their tech skills for the kingdom. I want to say again, God is at work, and he wants to work through our skills to reach this world. And it is happening all around the world. As I think about this project, and as I think about African Nazarene University, I think about all the skills it takes in order to make this place happen. It takes finance skills. It takes admin skills. It takes IT skills. It takes teaching skills, all working together. Again, I want to say, whatever your job skills, whatever your hobbies are, whatever you're passionate about, God wants to work in us so that he can work through us to reach this world because this is the world that God so loved God so loved this world that he sent his son. And now his son, who has saved us, is sending us out. Some of us are being sent overseas, but all of us are being sent outside of these doors. Now, uh, one of the things that we didn't talk about is what time you want me to be done. Because I could tell stories all day. I got a million nerd stories. What, what's our most end time? 11.40. All right. So two is what you're saying. Is that right? No, 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 no. 11.40. All right. Uh, the technology, God is using this technology to, again, to extend the reach, but it's also being used to disciple, uh, to, to bring us all together. Show us the next picture if you would. Uh, oh, that is a beautiful, that's a picture from the top of the tower. Forgot about that one. We were way up in the air. Uh, go ahead and go to the next. Oh, forgot about OG and that side. OG is from Swaziland. He was also part of our team up there and... That is where we ended up mounting the, the dishes. Uh, next one. There we go. So one of my favorite nerd experiences in the church was General Assembly. Now, if you're uh, new to the Nazarene Church, every four years we have a General Assembly where we get people, 40,000 people from all around the world together for worship services, tra uh, training, um, uh, voting, all sorts of stuff. And my team was asked to help with video conference at this big assembly. Now, uh, what we were tasked with was taking nine remote locations around the world and connecting them so that they could connect through video conference. So people could come to those locations, they could vote, they could be a part of the worship services, they could do all of this stuff together. And so we worked for a year. We sent out equipment, we went and trained people on how to use it, we got them all connected. And when the General Assembly time came, uh, I was back at my nerd station and texted with everybody and said, all right, it's time to come online. We're going to go live in five minutes. And I heard back from all of the different locations. We had uh, Manila, um, Hyderabad, India, Razgrad, Bulgaria, uh, Trinidad, Guatemala City, 
Quito, Ecuador, Johannesburg, uh, South Africa, and Pilar, Argentina. Uh, that's not enough spots. There was another one that I don't remember. Uh, anyway, we got everybody connected. We did our checks. We made sure that everything was working well. And then it came time to go live. And the director, the production director, turned to me and he said, all right, we're going to go live in five, four, three. There's nobody on stage. At the General Assembly, there's nobody on the stage there. And he says, all right, we're live. And I flip a switch. And up on the screen comes a worship band in Johannesburg, South Africa. They begin to play. They begin to sing. And I'm watching the screens. And around the world, people stand. And they began worshiping together. They're singing. They're praying. They're dancing all around the world, all to this worship band that's in Johannesburg. Language didn't matter. Nationality didn't matter. We were all worshiping together. And it was beautiful. As the services ended, uh, we had prepped to do communion together, communion around the world. And they had the elements there. The leader who was in Indianapolis uh, picked up the bread and he said, all right, it's time to take communion. Everyone get your elements out. And we watched on the screens as those groups got their elements out. And he said, this is the, the, the body of Christ broken for you. Take it and eat. And we watched as all around the world, they took it and they ate it together. The, uh, he then picked up the cup. And he said, this is the blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, shed for you. Take it and drink. And we watched on the screens as around the world, everybody took it and they drank. In response to this, our group that was in Haiti stood up and they began to praise and they held their hands up and they began to pray. They began to sing. They began to dance. As the other groups around the world saw what was happening in Haiti, in India, normally very reserved, they stood up and they began to praise. They began to sing. In Bulgaria, in Manila, they all stood up and they were praying and singing together. It was this one worship world moment. Language didn't matter. Nationality didn't matter. It was like a little taste of heaven. God is at work in the world, and he's bringing us together. And he's doing it through some of this nerdy technology stuff that I love so much. But again, I'm not unique. God wants to work through each of us, through our gifts and through our skills to make it happen. I want to tell you about a couple. I talked about it last night. So for those of you that were there last night, you can take a little nap for a sec. But... I want to tell you about a couple that I have seen God do amazing things through. Uh, show us the next one, if you would. This is Luis and Karina Tassile, amazing couple uh, in Pilar, Argentina. Um, I was in Pilar working on a tech project at the seminary there. And this couple uh, was a seminary couple. They were students there. And uh, in Argentina, uh, well, in South America, in the Nazarene educational system, every seminary student is required to be a part of a church plant. And uh, they were assigned to plant a church in Tigre in Argentina. And they were specially gifted for this. Because Luis and Karina, uh, you look at them and you say, wow, they're old for seminary students. Yes, they are. 
they took really kind of a rough path through life to get where they were. Um, when they got married, uh, Luis was a contractor, and he's good at everything. He, plumbing, uh, electrical stucco, roofing, concrete, he can do it all. Karina, her background is in counseling. But when they got married, uh, Luis had an addiction issue, uh, both to drugs and alcohol. And they managed it for a while. Uh, but after several years of marriage, Luis's addiction spun him out of control. It got so bad that Karina said, you either go into rehab or I'm leaving. And so she checked him into a rehab place. And while he was there, God got a hold of this guy. And God began to change his life from the inside out. And in this process, God began to call him to ministry. Now, Karina, when she saw what God was doing in Luis's life, God transformed her as well. She gave her heart to the Lord, and God saved her. And together, this couple really began to sense God's call on their life to go into ministry. And so they went to the seminary in Argentina to learn how to minister. Again, they were assigned to Tigre, and we were going to go with them to their church plant and see how God was at work there. We got in the cars. They were in their car. We were in our car. And we followed them into Tigre. And now this area, this part of Argentina, I've been to some per pretty rough places around the world. But this was really rough looking. The road was torn up. Buildings were falling down. Um, Kids were on the corner. It looked like gang activity. It was, I was on alert. I, will just, I have security issues, and I was on alert because this felt like it was a dangerous spot. We follow Luis and Karina through the neighborhood uh, and pull up in front of the church plant. Now, the church plant uh, was, uh, they met in a carport that was next to a garage that was being built. Uh, this is where they did their, uh, where they met as a church. So we got out of the car. We walked in through the gate and up onto the carport, and there we started meeting some people from the community. Uh, go ahead and show us the next one, if you would. Uh, let's go one more. As I, uh, as I got into the carport area there, I met this lady. She's a grandma of some of the kids in the neighborhood. And I uh, started talking to her. and said, tell me a little bit about the neighborhood. And she said a lot of the things I expected. She said that uh, there was gang activity, there were kids with drug problems, um, and that it was kind of a rough place to live. She then said that the year before, this entire part of town was underwater. It was flooded. And the floodwaters ruined the streets, knocked down houses, and polluted the groundwater. So the only fresh water they had to drink was delivered by the city and put into these blue barrels. So every month, the city trucks would come, fill up the barrels, and that's all they had for cooking and cleaning and uh, everything else. Then she told me something that really surprised me. She said that in addition to all these other problems, this neighborhood was basically run by a cult. And in this cult, the act of worship is sexual activity. And so the entire neighborhood is populated by young single moms with seven, eight, nine kids, all from different dads, all coming out of this cult. 
Now, you have to know I'm an idea guy. Wherever I'm at, I always have lots of ideas on how to do everything. It can be annoying for my family. Uh, I have ideas all the time. But as she told me about this neighborhood, I had no ideas on how to reach out to this community. Like, nothing in my gift set prepares me to walk into this kind of situation. But I want to tell you, God did not call me to Tigre in Argentina. God called Luis and Karina Tassile. And where I see problems, they see potential. Luis, when he sees those kids who are on drugs, he knows exactly what that's like. And he knows what it takes to be free. And he has taken all these kids and he's teaching them a trade to help them get out of this po poverty. When, uh, when we pulled up, like I said, I was nervous. There were kids everywhere and it was kind of freaky. But when the kids saw who got out of the car, they came running like crazy. They were shouting out, Papa Luis, Papa Luis. Luis has become the only stable father figure in the entire neighborhood, and they love him. He has an impact on these kids that I could never have. He's able to speak into their lives. He's able to mentor them. Again, he's teaching them a trade, teaching them how to stucco, teaching them how to do roofing teaching them, helping to get them out of this cycle of poverty. Karina, when she sees these young single moms who are so hurt, who have been abused, she knows exactly what to say. She's been trained what to say. When I think of Luis and Karina Tassile, I have them absolutely up here on a pedestal. They are superheroes in my opinion. I love what they are doing. But the more I really think about it, the more I realize they are not unique. They are allowing God to work in them to bring healing and then work through them to reach the neighborhood. God is working through their skills. God is working through their history. God is even working through their scars to make a difference in this community. And God is calling each of us to do that. As we read in the Great Commission, we are being sent. All of us are being sent outside of these doors, out into this world that God loves. And so my brothers and my sisters, I want to encourage you to continue to go. You have already been doing it. Keep it up. Keep up the good work. It is beautiful to see how God has been working in and through this church and through the global church to reach this world that God loves. Now, I know that I have uh, talked a lot about technology stuff today. And in part, it's because it's my gift and it's something that I love. But this job of making disciples is something that all of us are called to do. And I believe that all of us are gifted to do it, to pray, to give, and to go. So I want to encourage you, again, my brothers and my sisters, let's go. Let's go do what God is calling us to do. And in closing... I want to say one more time, thank you. Thank you for welcoming me as a family member. Thank you, brother. It is, I say brother, and I mean it with all of my heart. It has been so good to be here. Thank you for your hospitality. And also, thank you for how you have been praying for us. It means the world to us. We have teenage kids. <laughs> we need your prayers. Thank you for how you've been praying for us. 
Thank you for how you've been giving. That supports us in what we do. And thank you for how you've been going both across the street and around the world. It is such a privilege to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Let's pray. Lord, thanks again for your presence here with us. Thanks for how you have adopted us into this family and how you have loved us. Lord, thank you also for how you have healed us. I pray today that you would continue to open our eyes and help us to see the world the way that you see it. I pray that you would guide our hands and help us to use them in the ways you want. Guide our feet. Guide our mouths. Help us to say what you want us to say and to leave unsaid those things that you don't want us to say. We want to be your hands and your feet and your voice in this world, Lord. Fill us with your love for our neighbors, even for our enemies. Lord, work in us to heal us. And we say, Lord, please work through us to reach this world. We love you.